welcome to the Missouri Wind and Solar Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Shank, coming to you from our store in Seymour, Missouri. Each week with my co-host and Missouri Wind's General Manager, David McDerris, we discuss the latest on renewable energy. Check out our additional educational information on our website at mwands.com. Thank you for downloading this podcast, and please subscribe. Welcome to the Missouri Wind Podcast. We've got Special guest star as normal. We've been doing a lot lately. We, I need to just change the intro and add you into it, Wyatt. Since you're, this is we're always dragging you out to get you to talk anyway. I, I did the intro with me and David as part of the, as the as the host and guest host. So Wyatt's with us again today. We we always catch him and we're like, hey, come in here. We got to do a podcast. I mean, so, I would take I would take special, but. They're all different kinds of specials, all different aren't kinds they? Of specials. Say. I don't want to be called special. <laughs> Only in the right sense. So as we have been talking about heat around the store, I was in Florida Sunday with my mom. She's in the panhandle, and I walked out the front door to drive to Missouri to get to work, and it felt like somebody punched me in the face because <laughs> it rained there. The humidity like killed me. And then we drove up here, and I think you guys were whining because it was like, well, it was like 90 degrees, but 0% humidity. <laughs> it is like a vacation coming up here, but you guys were upset about it. Hence your long sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> this is my Georgia outfit. <laughs> but I think everybody in July, or soon to be July, I'd probably be July by the time I get this edited and put up <laughs> on, the, on the site, talking about heat. I think one of the things that we we need to talk about and obviously one of the big things with energy is heat i guess i guess technically that's what right energy is anyway so electricity is going to be you know amperage is going to be producing heat to start off with but too much heat is a very detrimental thing to your system i mean it can really really have negative impacts on it it's kind of the uh fire bad tree pretty sort of thing so let's talk about heat in uh Probably the the key place that we want to talk about it, and we always wander around where we talk about things, but probably the key places I understand it with my very limited knowledge is as it relates to the batteries, right? Right. And it, it heat, but also cold. Right. So right. We, yeah. We really have to kind of find the Goldilocks. That's right. You know, Spot. as White and I have discussed, batteries are kind of like us. They kind of like that 70, low 70s. That's the temperature that everything really likes. Not just the batteries, the, the solar panels as well. I mean, that's the that's the optimal number that we're always looking at is, is around 72 to 77 degrees, 72 being the best. But w- what can happen with heat on a battery bank, for instance, we're starting to have that cause this time of year, my battery bank is not holding what it did last year. And the reason it's doing that a lot of times is because of heat. It's a huge killer of the of the batteries. Uh, if you take a battery bank that was typically going to be stored at 77 degrees and you increase the temperature by 15 degrees to make it say 92 degrees, that battery bank then, that happens for longer than a two-week period. That battery bank, if it was going to last 10 years, will now only last five. That's just how it is. There's no, there's no restoring that. There's no getting that back now. It just kills it. Lead acid batteries, flooded lead acid batteries that uh, that you can add back to. Uh, you can put water back in them, but the plates themselves, the whole deal, 
Uh, even with desulfators, it still kills so, that so battery. Desulfator, not it's gonna do. Still, it still kills it. It just cannot take the heat like that. And in, in the same instance, let's just say that you have these in a box, and you put them out on the uh, beside the building, and let's just say that temperature inside that box, instead of 92, has gone to 107 inside that box because you didn't have it ventilated. Now that same battery bank that was going to give you 60, the uh, 10 years at first, which is 120 months. Then it went to 60 months because it was 92. Now it goes to 30 months. For every 15 degrees, you lose another half off again. I mean, so it can really have negative impacts on a battery because we will sell like our Trojan Crown batteries or our big L16s. You know, those are 10-year batteries, and then all of a sudden, you know, you don't treat them correctly. It just it kills them. It really can be really detrimental to the battery, and that is a huge cost again. In this whole renewable energy field, if you're off grid, that is a huge cost that you put forth. You, a person needs to make preparations and, and make sure that they're keeping these batteries in a in a controlled environment. What about our lithiums? Lithium is the same way. No matter really? what the battery is, that's exactly correct. If you if you take are, a car, those are pretty bulletproof. They're from, pretty from bulletproof, but heat is the is the number one killer of all batteries. It right. will kill all batteries, uh, no matter from being in your laptop, your phone. So if you're leaving a phone uh, of a day and you're leaving it in a really hot area, you'll see your battery bank, your phone on your battery start losing. Yeah. This won't hold that charge that it once did. And I think with uh, lithium, the battery grows like some sort of crystal every time it gets hot in it. Right. And eventually right. they grow together. And That's right. Like that. yeah, yeah, it's uh, and if you're storing a battery, by the way, if you're into storing, you know, you buy your batteries and you say, well, I'm going to hold these back for a few years on a lithium battery you need to keep it at a 40 percent state of charge you do not want to have it at 100 percent state of charge and try to store that battery it's actually worse for the battery to try to be stored at 100 percent than it is to be stored at 40 percent that's the recommended deal to store it where the di where the discharge is down almost to the bottom really because it's going to most lithium batteries will shut down and not let you discharge past that anyway but they want to be stored at a dead storage instead of a live storage. Whereas, whereas a flooded lead acid or an AGM want to be stored at 97, 98% state of charge. You don't want to bring them down and leave them down because the sulfation happens on them. But that doesn't happen on a lithium battery. Okay, so the best spot in my house, if I had this situation, so you're telling me I, I need to keep it 70-ish. The only place that I've got in my place that would qualify, that wouldn't be actually in the house, mm -hmm. would be I, I've got a fairly large crawl space, but then in there I've got a lot of humidity. So is my humidity going to be humidity a problem? Humidity is not really a problem on batteries. I mean, unless you're having a lot of corrosion on the terminals, and the only reason you'd be having a, a lot of corrosion on terminals would be is you didn't have good connections and or you were discharging it a lot and going past discharge a little bit too often, that'll cause corrosion on batteries. <clears throat> Dielectric grease will take that corrosion problem away anyway. What about my other components? So if my inverter, I want to keep that out of the I would want to keep that out of the humidity, yes. I mean, you're talking about electrical components that, uh, you know, uh, most of them have GFI receptacles on the front. It would kick off if there was something, but you don't want to have your charge controllers and anything of that nature that's in a heavily humid area. We've talked about the battery. Let's move on to some of those other components in the heat. Obviously, solar panels shouldn't have. Well, it, it is and it isn't. If you'll, <laughs> most people will look at their solar panel and you'll see the rated wattage on a solar panel. 
you have to remember that that isn't a controlled environment that they've done that. You know, they've done this at a certain temperature. 77 degrees is typically the temperature they're doing all this at. Right, and that's where they talk about, I think, why you've told me, isn't it? In the, isn't the winter sun the best? Yeah. Because you've got the coolness. Right. Yeah, yeah, because the panel has a hard time heating up in the winter because the air is so cold. Yeah. You know, so it pulls the heat right out of the panel, and, and it's the heat in the cells that make it harder for the electrons to flow through. While we're not tearing them up by having them on no, the... No, no, you just lose efficiency. It's not going to be detrimental to your panel to have them in heat, but it's just going to lose efficiency. So if somebody says, hey, my panel was doing this in March, I was seeing these numbers in March, and I adjusted the angle as it says, but I'm not seeing the same numbers anymore. It's the heat. Well, what kind of numbers would you expect? Uh, about every five degrees over 77, you start losing a, just a little little less than a percent. It's about 0.75% of the panel's efficiency. I mean, you start getting up to 105 up here on a roof. I mean, they're getting pretty hot up on a roof, uh, you know, day in, day out, just baking in the sun. So maybe you 80, know. 90%. Yeah, so you're going to be looking at about 10% loss. Do we need to invent the mist and save? <laughs> the mist and save for the solar panel. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would. Uh, I guess it wouldn't hurt them. I don't know. I've never done it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but so, so it can really. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> well, so what about our turbines? Uh, heat our turbines. Turbines may have a little bit, but it'd be very, very, very minimal on a turbine because on a turbine you've got wind flow through it, so you've got that cooling effect to begin with. You know, you've got air being pulled through it. Now, if you're just using one of our turbines in a situation of a hydro or uh, driving it with a gas motor or something of that nature, you're just trying to do the kind of an experimental deal or maybe that's just what you, you have to make sure that you cool that, that unit down because they can get hot. Wyatt's been doing a lot of testing with that lately. It can definitely have an effect on them. So you definitely need to make sure you're using the, the fan system that we offer with them or getting your own fan system, but making sure that you put some type of a, a cooling system on those. The other thing we need to remember, because I, I remember us talking about this back in December, since we were sort of observing the the Drudish calendar, you know, since we had the summer solstice, take a point to remind you that you really should bring your your turbine down every right. six months. So yeah. if you were if you were listening to our winter Christmas podcast around that time, you should if you haven't already. Pull it down, take a look at it, make sure it's all in good working order. Make sure the blades are tight, make sure the hubs stand tight. Just some things that we see here, you know, when, when people have a, a failure on it, you know, have grease things up, make sure that bearing's still turning easily, you know. Cause buy it, another one. Yeah, yeah, buy another <laughs> one, and uh, that one's doing great for you. Just keep on adding to it. Be your own electric company. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely time to bring it down if you haven't brought it down. I mean, it's you know, right. we recommend a six-month deal every six months. Right. If you haven't brought it down since Christmas. You're late. You need to get it down. Just that hub nut, for whatever reason, backing off, I mean, just a half of a millimeter can be the, the difference between wearing out a shaft and creating good power. I mean, it can really have a, a huge impact on it. And so. if you haven't looked at your solar panels, clean them up. Right. Yeah, make uh, sure you're getting your full efficiency out yeah. of them. If you haven't had rain in the last month, we actually finally got some last night, but we hadn't had it very much. And if you lived anywhere in the the country uh, where there's dust, there's starting to be enough dust on the panels that you need to get those cleaned off. Uh, you know, just by especially if you're in the southwest, 
you know, Arizona area where you have the finest dust in the world, I think it's the uh, gets on everything. And that's not finest as in a compliment. No, no, that's not a good compliment. <laughs> yeah. It's the finest, you worst dust the finest in the world. Dust. <laughs> yeah, it's it can really get on things. And uh, and uh, Wyatt and I have had a an issue the other day where a person was uh, had a pond kit and and they were having issues of getting it running. Wyatt started going over the troubleshooting with them. They had a bird that liked to sit on that panel. He liked to do his business up on top of that panel. Lo and behold, that was enough on the panel to shade it, to kill enough of the cell to actually have a negative impact on the inverter. And it wouldn't run. After he cleaned it, all good. You know, so clean your panels, take down your turbine, maintenance. You know, this isn't an electric line running into your house and that, that you're paying somebody else to maintain because there's maintenance there too. You're just paying them for it. You've paid to have your own system at your own home. Now you're the maintenance man as well. So, All right, well, Wyatt, anything else? Any words of wisdom? I know a couple of people lately who have a SunTac, and they have the USB port on the inverters. They went and bought a USB fan, plugged it in there, and they just blow it on the SunTac. You know, because you're talking outdoors, 90, 100 degrees in some places. They just want it to get it to run longer during the day and make it last longer, really. So that's definitely a good idea definitely definitely I would I would definitely uh, anything you can do you know make sure that wire size is correct too small a wire size is is excessive heat will back up in the wire that'll be transfer into into our controllers it'll transfer over into the relay uh, my relay is getting hot why would my relay be getting hot wire sizing you know if you're bottlenecking it down it's getting there and it's and it's just it's actually causing heat the bigger the wire size the same amperage the less heat that you would have just kind of have it sized properly. I know wires can get expensive, but there again, I've said it a thousand times, you have to size it correctly or you will not get the efficiency from your system that you're wanting. We run things here all the time. Wyatt, some of the guys here just put up a new system for one of our buildings today. We just don't skimp out on that stuff. We make sure the wire size is correct. They put it up, we put up two panels. He goes out and checks it. There are two 125 watt panels. He's producing 20, 21 volts at almost 10 amps. Those panels aren't even facing true south. He faced one off to the east and one off to the west, you know, just because of the setup that we had to do there. And we were still getting almost 10 amps. Yeah. It was 10 o'clock in the morning. So, you know, it's wire size is a huge deal. You know, it allows that amperage to flow through it. That's all I've got. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sure we won't talk to y'all then. Hope you guys have a great fourth. Wyatt, as always, thanks for coming in. I have to thank you until I add you to the, to the <laughs> beginning of the uh, the, uh, <laughs> the show intro. David, always good talking with you. You bet. Uh, thank you all for downloading the podcast, and we'll keep them coming to you. Don't forget, come to the, uh, the store, buy stuff from us so we can keep the podcast coming to you. We'll look forward to bringing you more podcasts in the future. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast today. If you have a question that you'd like to hear us discuss on the podcast, email us at radio at mwands.com. You can follow us on our website, mwands.com, or subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Check out our store at mwands.com and buy some stuff. Buying stuff allows us to continue to produce our educational broadcasts, like our podcasts and YouTube videos. And most importantly, it keeps Lucy's doggy chicken treats coming. Thanks again.